what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service. This is our customer service discussion podcast here on TheMesh.tv. My name is Alan Jackson. I'm with the Jackson Group, a management consulting and survey services firm working with employee and customer satisfaction. And with me is Ed Gagnon, president of Customer Service Solutions, a consulting agency working with organizations on improving their customer service culture and helping them find better goals and results from that. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Alan? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, good. today. So we've got some nice weather outside, so it's really tough to be inside uh, talking in an office here. I'd rather be outside for sure, but uh, well, it's pretty well, good out your way, too. You're not too far away from us, right? Uh, right. I'm maybe an hour, 15 minutes away, and it's nice to see some sunshine after we had all that rain during the golf tournament here in Charlotte last week. Oh, so. were you at the golf tournament by chance? No, not this year. Usually we try to go to a practice round, but we didn't this year, and I think we picked a good year to pass on it. Yeah. I, uh, I had a couple of friends who were out there volunteering for the weekend, and uh, they said it was a pretty tough experience So, yes. uh, with all the rain out there. We had a soccer tournament in town uh, the weekend before that, which also had tons of rain, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm still just now drying out from that experience a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So uh, it's been nice these last couple of days to see some good sunny weather and, and everything dried up outside a little bit. So very nice. Yes. Well, Ed, we're going to talk a little bit today. My understanding is about this idea of communications inside the workplace. Something I know I'm a big believer in trying to always find ways to simplify and make communications more efficient. And that's really what we're going to talk about today, right? Is this whole simplifying communications within the workplace and that's a topic we discussed and brought up and you and I are both on board with. But tell me right off the bat, why on a customer service podcast are we needing to talk about making communications simpler in the workplace? Uh, well, that, that's a great question. And it's because when you think about serving your external customers, oftentimes that requires us to communicate internally about customer needs or issues or a resolution to different kind of complaints that are coming down the pike. Maybe organizations are wanting to have a customer service culture, but in order to do that, they have to be very effective at communicating goals, getting feedback from staff. So in order to be great at customer service, in order to have that great kind of culture, you need to be able to communicate very effectively internally. But uh, organizations that are good at customer service are typically efficient. Uh, They try to do it right the first time. So we're going to try to uh, figure out how can we create some simplified communications within an organization so that it's it's not just simple, it's effective, and it's efficient. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Now, something I'm, 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 I'm really keen on myself. I mean, I think so many times in organizations, we trip over ourselves when trying to help clients and customers because we're just not figuring out the best and most efficient way to communicate to one another. And right. uh, I believe in the, the, the form of simple communications, uh, not using more words than you absolutely have to sometimes to get points across. But uh, hopefully we'll talk about some ideas and tips on that as well. So how do you want to roll with this discussion here, Ed? Well, let, let me kind of set it up by making sure we all have an understanding about what it takes to, to create simple communications and um, to, to have a simple plan. And just to tell you a little bit of a story uh, of a client that I used to work with. This is probably getting close to 20 years ago now. Uh, but I was an internal consultant for a hospital. Mm-hmm. And I reported to the chief operating officer, and uh, I was having a meeting with this uh, new COO who was taking the position. And, and I had noticed over the last uh, couple of years at this particular hospital that it seemed like processes were in the evolution process, uh, if that makes any sense. In other words, somebody had designed a process to work well at one point in time, and then different processes, policies, procedures, uh, customer needs, employee needs – were identified and the process just kind of evolved and got added on to and added on to and added on to. And it was to the point where it seemed very convoluted and complex to communicate internally to resolve needs or get issues addressed. So one of the first things I said to this new COO is, you know, Mark, what what we need to do is to try to think of uh, a maxim that we need to focus on when we talk about operationally, how do we how do we engage each other? How do we work together? And that one key word that, that I recommended to him was simple. How can we make things more simple for employees to deliver great service? And he said, well, Ed, I understand what you're saying. 
But you got to realize people in the in executive positions like this, uh, you know, simple doesn't really jazz us. You know, it doesn't get us excited. You know, it's not challenging enough. And I kind of looked at him awkwardly and I, and I said, Mark, creating something simple is oftentimes one of the hardest things you can do. You know, the easiest thing you can do is to just take a process and, hey, I have a new form. You just add it on to the process. We have a new type of customer and you create a new form and add it on to the process. You know, we have a new division. We just lop processes and policies onto what exists. The easiest thing to do is to just lop on, lop on, add on, add on. And one of the more difficult things to do is to try to create simplicity. So we're going to talk about how to create simplicity but it's not necessarily going to be the easiest thing uh, for an organization to do. So so when we say simple, I guess that's kind of hammering home what you just said, is that, yes, we can make processes simple, but it may be hard to get them to that point, right? Is that what we're saying? Right. Yeah, yeah you have to be intentional. you got to plan. you got to strategize. It's not a matter of just saying we're going to do two things and it's there. you got to think through it better than that. Okay, interesting. All right, well, yeah. well let's, uh, let's get started on that. So what, what right. do I do? Well, well, in keeping with our monthly theme of playing a game, Oh, yeah. A game you can win. Okay. Uh, we, we are going to play a word association game this time. Yeah, these are my favorite types of games. The games that I'm almost guaranteed I'll be able to win. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. It, it, one day we'll have a guest host who so actually are competing with somebody. But for today, you are the favorite to win. No, I think we're going to pretty much not do the whole co-host or any other host thing. <laughs> I like the role that I'm in right now. I like the, the, the consistency that I'm able to perform in these games. So I'm pretty good with the way we're going right now. Okay, well, we'll see how you do today competing against yourself, Alan. We'll see how that works. Uh, For for this word association game, we're going to not play it necessarily the same way you might typically play it, where I say a word, you say the first word that comes to your mind, we go back and forth. The way this is going to work is I will say one word, and then you'll just say several different words that come to mind, several different words that you think define or describe or give examples of that word. So you ready for the first word? Absolutely. Okay, and this isn't one of the formal keywords we'll be talking about, but this will help us to set the table for the rest of our time together. The word is simple. Simple. What comes to mind? Elegant. Clean. Uh, um, uh, Quick. Um, hmm, Let's see, other words. You need some more words here? How about simplicity? What comes to mind? Simplicity. um, Hmm. Easy. Again, clean, uh, efficient, uncluttered, mm-hmm. uncomplicated. Okay. Wow, you're you're actually quite good at this. I know. I, I practice a lot. So it, at home, oh, I have oh, my kids just throw words at me all the time, and I just have to kind of <laughs> word, word associate. It's something we do at the house. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, I, I like all the words. I do have a question about one of them. Yeah. What made you say elegant as your first choice? Ooh, elegant. I, well, A, I just like the word elegant. But to me, when you say something <laughs> simple, to me, elegant means it just flows. It just seems like it just works, I guess. There's not a lot of hoops and hurdles and not a lot of clutter and mess. It's just a very clean, elegant process. That's what I think of. I wasn't sure if you're talking of thinking of a woman in an evening gown, like in the Miss America pageant. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. So thanks. You for, could argue for, there's some elements of that that are pretty darn simple as well. So <laughs> who does? <laughs> yes. But we won't talk about world peace right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> simple worldviews or anything that doesn't come to play here. So, okay. Exactly. So the reason why I brought up simple is if we want to simplify communications, let's talk about what simplify means or what simple means. So what we're going to try to do is exactly what you just said. We're going to talk about how do we create very clear uh, communications? How do we make it easy for people to get to know the information they need to know? How do we make communications structured and the process structured so it can be quick to communicate with others, make it a very efficient process and and something that just works, it flows. You can build it into the normal day-to-day of the organization. So exactly what you said is exactly what we're going to try to do by going through these four different steps uh, that, that build on each other and lead you towards simplified communications. And I'd also say too, Ed, to me, the idea of a simplified communications is also where it doesn't overburden people with extra processes and steps and things to have to go through. So to me, we're all, we all can be good communicators if we have a very clean, straightforward way in which to communicate. So that's a big thing for me as well. Hopefully, well, I'm sure we'll hit on that to some degree. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. And what we'll talk about kind of piggybacking on that is as uh, we, we convey these ideas, I don't want anybody listening to this podcast to think, oh, th- these are additional things I have to do. Mm-hmm. Granted, it is planning you have to do, maybe some structure set up, some templating you have to do. 
but what we're suggesting is maybe there are certain things you're already doing that fit right into this strategy, or maybe there's things you're already doing that don't work and stop those things. So we won't talk a lot about that aspect of it, but I want to make sure people don't think of all these different tips we're about to give as being just in addition to what's already being done. I see. Okay, great. Good, good. All right. Mm -hmm. So the first official keyword, again, Word association. So that last one was just a practice round. You did exceptionally well. So no points uh, and, on that first one. And uh, no, no, that was practice. Yeah. I'm sorry, but okay. but you you do get uh, you might get some bonus points at the end for elegant. Ooh, I hope so. Okay, good. Yes. All right, great. First keyword: stakeholder. What comes to mind? Stakeholder, um, owner, responsible, um, priority. Can I use multiple words? Phrases? Yes, you may. Okay. Uh, deep connection, uh, commitment. Hmm. What else do we have here? Stakeholder, stakeholder. Actually, why don't I have you pause right there? Cause okay. you did a great job. You came up with uh, six words and five different thoughts. So you get five and a half points for round one. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm marking this down. Yeah. Chris, our editor, are you keeping score for us? Yeah, good. Okay. He's keeping score. We're good. All right. Great. Next. I won't tell you what the goal is. We'll wait till we get there. But we'll set, good the, job we'll set the goal after I find out how I do. Okay. Let's, just <laughs> exactly. get, let's get through the four words and then we can go back and set a goal. So, all right. So, so the idea up front is that the first thing you want to do when you're identifying how to create simplified communications within the workplace with your coworkers, with the people who report to you or you report to as well, is to identify, well, who are the stakeholders of the information? Who are the people who have to take ownership over whatever information is being shared, discussed? Who's going to be responsible for acting on that information? Uh, you know, how do we prioritize who we talk to about different information? You know, how do we make that kind of a deep connection with the information we're sharing? So it's not just something that goes in one ear and out the other. It's that most vital and valuable information. So the first thing you need to do is identify who are the stakeholders within your organization that need to, to, to hear things or share information? And then secondly, what do they need to hear? For example, the marketing and business development folks, what specifically do they need to know about? And how is that different from the folks who do the research? And how is that different from the folks in the call center? And how is that different from those consultants who are going out to the hospitals and your other clients? So the two things you would do, and kind of envision this as a Microsoft Word document, some kind of word processing document, envision two columns. The left column is the information need. Now, what kind of information uh, does the organization need to dialogue about or share? And the right-hand column is, quote, the stakeholder or the customer of that information. So okay. essentially what you do is you just document what are those eight or ten or at the most 15 key points that you're going to need to share on some kind of an ongoing basis and then who is going to be the audience, the stakeholder in that information. I see. So looking at this communication process, identifying who it is that needs to be involved, who are your stakeholders, you know, you may have some information that needs to go company-wide, but then a lot of times information needs to be focused in a certain area. So if I've got a team, a business development team of five people, and we have a new product that we're releasing and we've got some key messages about that product, it's understanding that these all five of these business development salespeople need to be in that communication loop. They are stakeholders on that, that information that we're looking to share. Right. And that's exactly right. That's a great example. Products, uh, information relating to them is a great example. Policy changes, whether it's organizational policy or maybe an HR policy, uh, strategy, uh, maybe information that affects folks, folks that are customer facing. Maybe it's internal information, administrative information versus more external information. I mean, you, you can look at it from a, a couple different categories so you can segment who you need to communicate with about what. But the, but the first step, if you want to build an internal communication strategy, is to start with, well, who's the customer? And the customer is that internal stakeholder. What information do they definitely need to know about? And literally document that. That's your starting point. And if you can start with that as a starting point, then we can start working into the next couple steps. So it's really kind of mapping out those critical pieces of information that need to be shared or processed for communication and Mm -hmm. who those different groups are that need those processes shared with them in a timely and efficient manner. 
Sure. And, and typically, if an organization goes through this process, uh, they immediately start getting some aha moments because then they'll start to realize, you know, I have certain information that I'm sharing with everybody in the organization and it doesn't need to go to everybody yeah. in the organization. Or there's certain information about uh, internal policies and, and I'm sharing it with certain folks, but it's not getting down to the frontline staff. And it's obvious why it's not, because we haven't taken a step back and intentionally documented those those matches of customers in this case your employees uh to their information needs you know you actually brought up a good good element there which i i I have to remind myself sometimes you know we go through a culture uh, many times thinking that we have to be as open communication as possible with everybody anything Mm -hmm. happening in the office we need to share with everybody and everybody needs to be in the same loop but there's the downside of that and i think you alluded to it that sometimes there's the some people that don't need certain pieces of information, you give them almost too much communication, too much information. It can probably be a little overbearing and probably help muddy the water a little bit of what they really need to focus in on. Right. We definitely believe more in over communicating than under communicating. But your point's well taken. I mean, I, I go into numerous clients where when we start talking about email communications and business writing tips, uh, one of the points that invariably comes up is people need to stop CCing half the company yeah. on emails. <laughs> and and yes. you don't think about that. You're sending one email, but now you have 10 or 20 or 30 people who are having to spend five minutes each reading an email. So then yes. you're dealing with three hours of labor time reading an email that's only there for informational purposes, when if we'd be a little bit more efficient about it, uh, it might actually make the organization more productive and efficient. Nice. Okay, good point. All right. Yeah. Great. You're ready for keyword number two? Absolutely. All right. Now, what, what are the first words to come to your mind when you hear the keyword preference? Preference. Um, I hear opinion. I hear like, I hear um, favoritism, I hear um, leanings, um, favorites. Trying to think, I'm trying to beat my score from the last word. Is what I'm well, I'm actually, I'm going to pause you there, Alan. Yeah. And um, you, you got, hate to say this, but you got a penalty. Why? Why would I do? Because you used uh, favoritism and favorites. Oh, I uh, use yes. variations on the same word. That's not allowed. So normally I'd give you five points, but I have to deduct one for favorites. So you actually only end up with four, four? for that round. Yes. So I've dropped from a five and a half last one to four on this one. Really? Yes. Did but you the count this correctly? Can you go back yes, and recalculate I, them? I did. I did. Oh. Um, you know, l- luckily for you, just like uh, with the Olympics, the level of difficulty increases. So don't feel like you have oh. to continually increase your number of uh, correct answers. Okay, so we'll we'll just we'll properly wait and adjust the scores at the end of the day. <laughs> Is that what we'll do <laughs> for difficulty? Yes, you'll have a degree of difficulty on every one of these. Fine, uh, four. And- Give me a four. That's fine. It gives me something to excel from the next down. Uh, well, very good. And and when you were talking about preferences, you used words like opinion, like learning. You used favoritism twice, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll leave that. I won't I won't uh, belabor that. But but the idea here is when you're dealing with communications, if the goal of the communication is to be understood and to be heard, you know people have to be willing to listen to and hear before they're going to understand what you're conveying. Um, you, you have to communicate in a way that they prefer to be communicated with. Okay. So so one aspect of this is we really need to make sure that we're not just saying, hey, email's the easiest way for me to communicate, so I'm going to communicate via email. Or I'm a talker. You know, I don't know if you have anybody in your organization that prefers that face-to-face or prefers that speech as opposed to sitting at the computer. Uh, nobody that you're related to, I'm sure. No, no. But, and there's there's absolutely nobody in my family or anybody <laughs> that, that, that enjoys just sitting and talking with people uh, face-to-face. Not a bit. Cool. Well, get, we're a very well, shy people here. The Jackson clan. So. <laughs> yes, you are. So, so the idea here is, you know, from a leadership perspective, sometimes we impose our preferences for communication on others. But if the goal is to be heard and then based on what was heard to be understood, we really have to think of who that stakeholder, who that audience is. So the next step in the process is to look at all of those customers, all of those stakeholders in the right-hand column and say, well, what is their preferred method of receiving information? What, what method is going to work best for conveying information, uh, getting that dialogue going, and actually add that uh, to this table? So it might be the intranet. It might be a physical bulletin board in, a, in a, an employee break room. It, it might be having a periodic town hall where the leader – Uh, or one of the managers is talking to staff. Maybe it is the occasional email blast or your weekly business meetings. But but even though those are the vehicles, you want to base what information you're sharing with whom 
to a large extent uh, on what's going to work. And a lot of that comes down to preference. And if I can go back to my superior word association skills for a moment. Yes. One of the first words I used when you asked me about the word preference was opinion. And I think to kind of expand on what you're what you're explaining there a little bit. The way I see it is everybody has a preference for the way they wish to be communicated with. Yes. Just because we as an organization believe that, for example, email is the best way to communicate. Just because that's something we believe is the best way doesn't mean client A has the same opinion. Right. Their preference is going to be something else. So we can't just look at it as, well, this is obviously the most efficient way to communicate. And this is the least expensive and the least taxing for everybody. It just may not be the favorite preference of our clients, and we've got to tailor to the preferences as opposed to just doing whatever is the absolute most efficient and what we believe to be the best communication method all the way around. Right. We, we have one client that we're working with now that has run into a lot of problems politically and in the community and from a customer service standpoint. And uh, a lot of how they have set up their communications and education of the public is through the web. Well, the problem is there's a lot of people who like to come down and talk face-to-face about this particular need or issue. And there's a lot of folks who are in the 60s and 70s and 80s who just don't even have an email address. They don't have web access. And so whereas it's more efficient from the organization's perspective, a lot of times to put information out on the web, again, if the goal is to be heard and to be understood, we got to make sure that we can communicate effectively in the manner in which our customers prefer it. Now, the topic of this discussion is more internal, but the same idea applies. Well, we have a uh, uh, the gentleman at the control booth here today, Chris, that we alluded to earlier, uh, Chris and I have a film society and our co-host on the Foot Candle Films podcast here on the Mesh Network and uh, actually was kind of presented with an interesting situation last night at one of our film screenings. We communicate everything with our members through email. That is our default position. Everybody mm-hmm. gives us their email address. We send out screening announcements. We send out questions and all of that through there. And we also send out about renewals by email when somebody's membership is up for renewal. Well, we had somebody come up to us last night and say, I believe it's time for my renewal, but I haven't heard anything from you guys about it. And we said, oh, well, we always notify you by email whenever it's time for your renewal. She's like, well, I don't have a computer. I'm like, okay. There we have a situation yes. where we had a preference of the way to communicate, but we have at least that one member, if not several others, that are never getting any communication from us because we picked that one vehicle that's best for us. It may be best for a majority of our people, but sure. it's still not universally best for everybody. So Right. Yeah, we, we even done surveys for uh, pro basketball teams, for example. And one of the questions of season ticket holders we ask is, how do you prefer to be communicated with? Done the same thing for local government and code enforcement agencies because uh, it, you might do the best job in the world of sending out emails, but if people don't read their emails, uh, then, then you're going to have issues. Uh, people, younger folks especially, oftentimes prefer texting. As opposed, you know, you send them a text with information as opposed to email. That's fine, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We're old now. We don't understand the the whole texting thing is beyond us. Exactly. So so that's key point number two. After you've identified the the information you want to share, those information needs you have, after you've matched that against the different customer groups, then the next step is to say, how can I come up with a a fairly short list, but, but a list of the preferred communication methods for those different folks that I'm interacting with internally? And if possible, try to have one central place, kind of the go-to place. If anybody has any questions about general information, in your case about the Jackson Group, uh, granted we're, we're communicating in multiple different methods, but maybe the internet, maybe there's this one go-to place that's kind of the, the backstop for everything. When in doubt, if you don't think you've heard something, there's always that one go-to place for you. So it sounds like there's a little bit of a difference in your mind between a push and a pull type of communication thing where pushing information out, we need to make sure we're hitting all the proper communication avenues that are going to reach everybody in our workplace, all the teams that need to hear it. But there's also this idea that if they wanted to go find that one repository of information, it's a little bit more on them to go to that that source, but having that one universal source is a good move. But you got to have both. You're pushing stuff out to people and you have a place where people can go and pull information from when they need to. 
Exactly. Okay, yep. great, good. So we have four key points that we're going through. The first two are very much setting it up, getting organized, to have that simplified communications plan, and we're about to go through two more. Great. Well, let's come back to those last two in just a moment. We're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish up on the other two keywords. I will receive my medal or trophy or whatever it is I receive at the end of each of my games, which, Ed, I still I, I counted up. There's like five or six I'm still due. Whenever you want to get those in the mail to me uh, from past episodes, I'll appreciate that. I've got a mantle all ready to go. To put really? on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, send me a text with your address. <laughs> I'll have my 11-year-old son send you a text <laughs> with my address. How's that? Excellent. <laughs> Good. We'll come back with uh, Stepping Up Service here in just a moment. Stay tuned. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Hello and welcome back to Stepping Up Service. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group. With me is Ed Gagnon from Customer Service Solutions. Ed, before we continue, uh, remind us, how can people learn a little bit more about Customer Service Solutions and find you guys on the web? Uh, probably the easiest way is to go to our website. It's at cssamerica.com. That's cssamerica.com. I think one time I said Charlie Sam Sam America, and you said, why not Customer Service Solutions America? And I thought, well, actually, that makes more sense. Yeah, so, actually, uh, wow, CSS, that does stand for that. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, so uh, cssamerica.com. And you, you, you've got a presence on Twitter and, and LinkedIn and all these other places too. So anybody could connect with you up on those sources also, right? Sure. Yeah. We, we've written 700 uh, newsletters over the years. We've been published 50 different times in, in articles. I uh, got the blog with something like 200 postings. I mean, there's so much free information on customer service we can share. You said 700, they, 700 newsletters. Ed, I've only counted 694 because really? I keep them all. I print them out. I've got a folder. And uh, I keep that on my desk just as a good reference point. And uh, I may be missing a couple. I need to go back through and see if there are certain ones I've missed. Well, you let me know which ones, Alan, and I will get those to you. Please don't let me uh, uh, force me to run through my list. I'll text you. I'll text you you the ones I'm missing. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) I'll respond back in a couple of years. Perfect. Well, and I'm with the Jackson Group doing employee and uh, customer satisfaction surveys and engagement surveys. And you can learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com. T-H-E, Jackson Group, all spelled out, dot com. So, Ed, we were right in the middle of our four keywords. First, we had stakeholder, and then we had, oh, my gosh, I just forgot the second one. Preference. 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 I was going to say opinion, but you're right, it's preference. So, stakeholder and preference. And that was, as you said, that's all setting the scenes, doing the research, kind of getting all this information together about right. how we need to be communicating going forward. So, let's move on to our, our last two keywords here, if we could. Yeah, the the next one uh, will get at some of these other points that you brought up at the start. I won't give it away. I'll just give you the keyword and let me know what comes to mind, Alan. The keyword is template. Template. Um, Model. uh, Standard. Uh, And I'm not going to say standardization because I know you're going to penalize me for using the same variation. So model, standard, um, uh, uh, mold. Bear with me on that one. Uh, let's see. What else? What else for template? What else for template? Um, Chris, help me out here. Chris, Five seconds. Oh, Chris, help me out. What's another word for template? Outline. Ooh, outline. Outline. Okay. And we'll an pause there. All right. Fine. All right. I'm going to go yes. ahead and say that was probably my weakest one. Yes. I think I'm I can self-assess myself. I'm going to give you three and a half points and give Chris a half a point. Chris can have a point. Chris is on the board. <laughs> He's excited. Uh, but but uh, the words you came up with, model, standard, mold, outline, uh, I mean, those are excellent words. The, the point we're talking about here is that when you're creating communications, uh, we talk about creating simple communications. And you used words like quick. Uh, you used words like easy, efficient, uncluttered, clean. So those are good words to use when you're thinking about how you structure the communication. You know, think about going into a meeting. 
Uh, it, it could be a blank sheet of paper and you could talk about whatever you want to talk about. And the next meeting you go in totally unstructured and people don't know what to expect. And typically those kind of meetings last forever. Yes. People wonder what the point was of the meeting. But if you go in there with the standard agenda and everybody knows the flow and they know how much time is allocated and it's bullet pointed, uh, then it's more efficient. It's more effective. And you're setting expectations, meeting those every single time. It's easier for people to understand how to navigate that meeting. Well, it's the same thing with communications. The, this third keyword template gets that gets that if you have those internal communications, like let's say you have an internal blog, you know, this, this is the Allen blog for the Jackson group and you send out blog postings or maybe it's that email blast or that meeting agenda or that town hall uh, meeting as well. The idea here is what you want to do is create a template or a standard structure. What are the key points that we'll typically cover? Uh, what are the next steps and responsibilities that are coming out of it? Are we going to address time frames? How do we make sure there's dialogue on this topic? You know, you identify some of those key things you're going to talk about so that whenever anybody gets communication, they're not having to learn how to read the communication. They're not having to learn how this process is going to go. The main focus of, of absorbing and, and engaging in that content uh, is the content. It's not trying to learn how should I read, how should I interpret, uh, how should I understand this. You get the eyes and the ears trained because you've templated the structure for these different communications. Okay. Now, I would expand on this a little bit, Ed, but this is actually going to dip into my customer service story that I've got at the end of the show. Okay. So kind of let's hold, let's keep this in mind, what you're talking about with the the templating of information that you're sharing, because I've got a great example of that I wanted to share at the end of the uh, session here. Okay, so th this third key point really focuses on, let, let's be real intentional, just like we were with determining who gets what message in what way. Here we're talking about, well, let, let's keep it very standardized, to use one of your words or a portion of one of your words, uh, standardized outline, you know, a model structure to how we're going to communicate. So literally it's plug and chug. We're going to plug in the content that's going to be unique, but people understand how the information is going to be coming to them. So they don't have to worry about that. They just worry about the content. And, you know, Naturally, I think when we talk about this and I hear you describe the, this, this, this idea, I'm always thinking about verbal or printed word communication. But honestly, that idea of this template and this keeping things consistent, you start thinking about things like financial reports and metrics and numbers and graphs too. If all of a sudden you're changing the graph, and this is something we as a survey firm, we, we, we've faced in the past, we're changing the way the chart or the graph is being presented from quarter to quarter or month to month, all of a sudden you lose people. People don't understand. Perfect. I was used to seeing this X axis and this Y axis. And now all of a sudden I've got them flipped or I've got it as a line chart instead of a bar chart, things like that. That's going to throw people off their game. And you spend more time reeducating everybody on how to re now read these new reports. When if you had just had that template and stuck to it, you know that that information is going to carry forward and it's going to be much quicker and easier for people to digest it when they get it. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I know we work with one of your clients on patient satisfaction, action planning and improvement every mm -hmm. quarter. Well, when we present executive briefings of the patient satisfaction reports, the structure is the exact same every quarter. Yeah. When we ask them to fill out action plans, the structure is the exact same every quarter. But in both cases, the content's different. Oh, sure. So they don't. we don't have to worry about educating them on how to complete things. We just share the, the data, give them guidance on how to improve, and they can just work within a system and documentation and templates that they're familiar with. That's a, a little bit of the idea of like corporate metrics and dashboards and all that is right. trying to find information and presenting it in one format. And that's a format everybody gets used to and they like it and it's simple. You populate the content and you don't have to worry about how it's being formatted and presented. So, Yes. Great. Okay, you ready for the last keyword? Absolutely. I've got, I'm on a downward spiral here. Have you seen my scores? Five and a yes, half. Yes. Four. I, I three and a half. Damn. I'm just, yes. I'm, I'm hitting rock bottom here. I've got to redeem myself with this last one. Well, well, the good news is Chris is on the upswing. <laughs> yeah, right. Chris went from a zero zero to a half a point. So. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, look nice. on the bright side. Chris is okay, beaming over here. He's very happy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I said the level of difficulty is going to increase. Let's see if this is the most difficult or if you're going to end with a bang. Let's right. see what happens. Got it. I'm ready to focus. The last, last key word is feedback. Feedback. Okay. Dialogue. Discussion. Honesty. Criticism constructive measurement responsiveness conversation 
Okay, why don't we stop there? Because I'm about out of paper writing all these down. So that's like uh, that's what I want to hear. See, yeah. Ed, I got to tell you, I kind of sandbagged the last two. <laughs> because I knew I knew I wanted to go out so high on the end here. So I kind of held myself back. Um, and I really felt like this time I was in the zone. So how did I do? Well, actually, uh, you got eight points, but I'm going to give you a bonus ninth point. Yes, of course you are. Because Why was that again? Because you, <laughs> you used criticism and you followed that out with constructive. And yes. you can actually put those together as constructive criticism. Yes, you could. But I so chose wisely to broke them into two separate words. So, yeah, so yeah. you got three points out of those two nice. words. So, uh, so that's actually excellent. The, the, the fourth key word is feedback. And like with anything in business, you can't launch a new process, launch a new product uh, that, that is good, well-designed for that one point in time and expect that it's still going to be good and well-designed a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, two years from now. Yes. So whatever – simplified communication plan that you develop that is focused on sharing specific information with specific internal customers and specific preferred manners uh, as well using these templated resources, uh, you have to make sure you have ongoing feedback about whether or not it's working. I mean, you're literally tracking our people getting the messages that you're conveying. Uh, Are the messages getting reinforced? Are the staff acting on them? So you need to make sure that however you simplify the communications, you realize it's just for a point in time. And we have to make sure we have that continuous improvement mindset so that there is ongoing dialogue. You are requesting constructive feedback or criticism. You're measuring how well it's worked and you're getting the responsiveness you're looking for. And, and I, I will refer listeners back to us talking about this idea of, of having a continuous improvement mindset. It's always looking at processes, always looking at things setting up and, and making sure we're always evaluating them and finding ways to improve them, being constant about that improvement. Now, take a, a system like a communication system and you're looking for that kind of feedback. What do you normally see as some great, I mean, I know it's going to vary from organization to organization, but what are some great ways for people to try to get feedback on how a communication system may be being received or whether it's really the right fit for us now or not. Yeah, you, you can look at it from, uh, say, three different perspectives. Let, let's start with just informal dialogue where you're literally in meetings and say, you know, I know we rolled out some new products last month. Who, who can tell me what the product is and who can tell me what that product does? Or I know we've rolled out this new initiative to better serve our customers and resolve issues more quickly. So you're getting that kind of informal feedback where you have sent messages, you think they've been delivered, but have the frontline staff in particular, who usually are the ones who don't get the message as effectively if it trickles down. Are they receiving it? Are they understanding it? Are they buying into it? So the first is think about it informally. Second, uh, you would uh, think about this in terms of active versus passive. Active means you literally potentially surveying your employees on their knowledge of policies or procedures or changes. I mean, you can do periodic internal surveys, not just about satisfaction and morale and, right. and climate, but about knowledge. So literally do do some periodic internal surveys, making sure that that uh, the information is being conveyed and it's helpful. Are the town halls helpful? Uh, are the email blasts helpful? Uh, what can we do better in communicating on the intranet uh, in order for these messages to come through? And then when we talk about passive, what I mean there is, let's say you do have an intranet. Uh, you can look at how many hits am I getting on certain pages. Uh, so it's not like you're having to go and seek information. It's just sitting there for you to look at. If you're sending emails, how many people are actually opening these emails? Sure. Um, because we can make assumptions that, hey, we're sending it, so therefore it's being received and understood, but it might not be. Absolutely. So getting a lot of that feedback information on how things are going with that communication you've laid out and being willing to make adjustments and, and change over time. Right. You know, I mean, it's... It wasn't that many years ago that everybody thought the fax machine was the the miracle of communication and we were doing things in triplicate forms and carbon copies of papers and, you know, it's communication changes. And I think you're right. I I still see some organizations to this day that are still rooted in some of those older style communications. It may be a comfort thing for them, but I guarantee you their staff and their team that they're building over time, it's not the most efficient and simple ways for them to communicate. So uh, you're not getting your full effectiveness out of a communication plan or your team if you're forcing them into models or processes that have become outdated. 
Right. And uh, both your firm and our firm, we do a lot of research and we try to help our, our clients to learn and change and improve based on what the customers are telling them. Well, organizations need to do the same thing internally. What can we learn and change and improve based on what our employees are telling us? I mean, we we, we stopped using carrier pigeons last week, I believe. And mainly really? because we just found we probably it probably wasn't the most effective way to send invoices to our clients and and all those things so we decided to stop that cuz we just felt like you know time has moved on and we are now uh we're now faxing over everything to everybody. Excellent. <laughs> well, you're, you're We're trying to keep up with time. So. Yeah, you're consistently one century behind, Alan. <laughs> so, so the idea is that to create simplicity is very important, but it's not very easy all the time. Sure. So what you want to do is start out by literally saying, who are my stakeholders in the organization and what information do I need to convey to whom? So you set up that, that chart. Left side is information needs. The, the middle column is that customer, that internal stakeholder. The next is preference. How should we communicate with those stakeholders about the various pieces of information? Structure your templates. Standardize how you present information so that they get used to how to receive it and they can focus more on the content than understanding how it's being delivered. And then make sure you have that continuous improvement, that feedback loop going on and on and on so you can constantly improve how you communicate internally. And, and you're right in saying that. I mean, I, I look at it and it's four words, it's four steps. It looks on paper, oh, this is a piece of cake. It's simple. No, it's somebody who, I mean, I've gone through several of these steps many times before. It is a lot of work, but you're working and you're putting in all this energy in the front end, knowing that over time, if you can implement these changes and get this process simplified, you're looking at a much, much more efficient and streamlined workforce. Exactly. I guarantee you, just because of all the engagement surveys we do with employees around the country, communications are such a critical aspect to how an employee feels about their workplace. If they Mm -hmm. don't feel like they're getting communication in a timely manner, if they don't feel like they're getting the type of information that's relevant to them, and if they themselves have a hard time getting communications back out, those are huge demotivators for people in an engaged workforce. And um, you'd hate to think that an antiquated complex communication process is what causes you to lose some really critical employees you may have. So, uh, and technology is obviously trying to help with communications, but it can also become a little bit of a hindrance if we throw too many communication vehicles out there. I mean, you you look at things like social media ad and all these different channels and intranets and software platforms to communicate. The one thing I do caution people against is not feeling like you've got to throw everything against the wall. Right. There may be five different great software platforms for doing communication. You kind of need to find your one standard template and get everybody on board with that Uh, and not just say, well, we can use Twitter, we can use texting, we can use inter-office chat, we can use this. You you need to standardize on something. Like you said, set that template that's going to be the most effective for the largest number of people in your team. Right. And that's a lot easier to do internally with your employees than externally. I mean, customers communicate how they want to communicate, but internally, uh, you do have a little bit more control over what are the primary methods of communication to push information, to pull information, to create that dialogue. So, uh, yeah, make sure that you're doing what's going to be right for your company, right for your employees. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Well, this is good information. And again, just to kind of restate what we talked about at the beginning. You know, we are talking about simplifying communications within the workforce, but really, as you alluded to at the beginning, an organization that has that process down pat and is not tripping all over itself trying to communicate internally has a much better chance of really reaching out to the customer and providing them with the best service possible. And so it's important that we get our internal communications cleaned up in efforts to make sure our clients are getting the best service they can get in the long run as well. Right. Yeah. The better you can talk internally, resolve internally, expedite internally, the better you can resolve, talk, and expedite with the customer. All right. Very good. These are some great, yeah. great pieces of advice and some things I need to always be reminding myself what we need to be doing in our own office as well. So, all right. Ed, do you have a – we normally try to wrap up the, the, the show with a, with a story, kind of a customer service story. And I alluded to the fact earlier that I have one that kind of ties in with this simplified communication. Do you have one by chance, sir? Yeah, it's very short, very simple. But, yes, I have one. Okay. Why don't you go on ahead then? Okay. This is positive. And this is just one of those little things. Going to the grocery store last week, I'll call the lady Madge. Uh, you know, I was in a line – 
Uh, it was what I thought was the shortest line to check out of the grocery store. There was somebody ahead of me, and there was this lady to the side who was an employee at this grocery store. It looked like her uh, aisle was closed. So that's why I didn't go there. But Madge stopped what she was doing at the register. She walked toward me. She smiled. Uh, she said, you know, I'll be happy to take you over here. She came and got me. She chit-chatted with me, said, how are you doing today? And then she asked the typical, hey, did you find everything you needed? And then she chit-chatted the whole time during the conversation. But the reason why I bring up that one very simple example is because she went to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a matter of uh, me having to seek somebody out or if I came up to them, then they would go through their standard uh, activity. It was this person who was an employee who was not going to get paid a penny more whether she came to me or not. She came to me. She initiated the conversation. She wanted to know how I was doing before she went through the standard scripting. And she was just somebody who was proactive and pleasant, something you don't see enough nowadays. Oh, that that's so nice when that happens. I mean, uh, I've got a huge hang up whenever I go to some of these big box hardware stores where it's just aisles and aisles and yes. aisles of things. And it honestly feels like I spend half my time there trying to find somebody to yes. ask a question to. Now, when I find them, they're always very nice and they're hospitable and helpful. But I want somebody seeking me out and knowing that my job is to make sure if anybody's wandering these aisles with the slightest bit of puzzlement in their look or looking like they're lost, I've got to go help them. I need to go yes. ask them. And I yes. wish... I wish more as these organizations and stores get bigger and bigger, it becomes a harder challenge, but it becomes even more important, though, for the customer. So, Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we did a tip of the week a week or two ago called Seek Confusion, and it talked about how employees need to seek out customers and proactively engage them if the customer looks the least bit confused, the least bit unsure. Yep. Absolutely. I think yeah. that's, that's huge. As these companies, these stores, these chain rest, uh, retail places are getting bigger and bigger and more and more in- encompassing that becomes a real challenge in a lot of places it's yes. not like the little mom and pop bookstore where somebody walks in the door and the whole space is you know 15 or 20 feet by 20 feet space that one person at the counter can easily say oh this person looks like they need some help i'm gonna ask them if i can help them find something when you're in these huge behemoth stores you could go for aisles and not see somebody that works at these places. So exactly. it definitely becomes a big challenge for sure. Exactly. Well, my, my story is, and I'm going to have to be very, very nondescript with how I ex- explain this because these are people that I do have some uh, working cooperation relationships here in the area with. But we have an individual that runs a certain group or organization. And uh, it, it, just, it, it just was funny how you brought it up in the whole simplifying communications. This individual still has a communication style that's very antiquated and very, very, very old traditional, I guess, in that, in that mode. We have a lot of meetings. There's a lot of brainstorming meetings that happen. There's a lot of times where we have a room full of people that will just talk about ideas, things that we feel like this certain group or organization should be doing. This individual will take a narrative of what happened and make pages and pages and pages of notes that have no organization to them. There's no grouping. There's no highlighting the key points. It's truly a long narrative that you will spend time sitting there reading, trying to find those three or four <laughs> key bullet points out of the whole yes. thing. Yeah. And so anytime I get one of these documents from this individual, I know, Alan, don't open it up yet. You need to get home, fix yourself a nice drink sit outside on the back patio because you're going to need some time on this one and to really dig through and find out what it is you really need to take away from this, this, this document, this mm-hmm. essay. And it's just the idea of writing essays off of a meeting. I still don't understand, but this person has become so rooted in their style. That's just the way they communicate. Yes. So honestly, I will read a six page essay at some point and I, out of it, I can basically pull out three sentences. Those are the things I need to pay attention to and do something about. Yeah. Um, they have a very nice writing style, so it's not that it's not enjoyable to read these essays. It's just when we're talking about efficiency and time, right. boil it down to what somebody really needs to pay attention to, call their attention to it, and keep it in a consistent format each time you meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting because we uh, teach uh, modules on email etiquette. We always talk about the one-minute test. Before you press send on an email, say, could somebody read this, absorb it, and know what needs to happen next – in one minute. Hmm. If, if not, 
then it's too long. It needs to be an attachment or maybe it's a, a narrative, a series of paragraphs, and you just need to have some quick bullet points and structure it differently. But that that kind of – I don't know if those are – I guess those are emails you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a perfect example that you got to understand how people view emails. They don't view it as an epistle that they're going to read over and over again. They view it as something quick hit, tell me what to know, uh, tell me what needs to happen next, when it needs to happen, what I need to do, and then I'm done with it. Yeah, and it's and – it's, believe me, I, I – I, I understand that we as a society, we still like to be verbal and talk. And I, sure. I do feel like sometimes even with the texting examples we were talking about earlier, we've gotten away from being more verbose with our words and trying to get it down to acronyms and quick abbreviations and quick words. I'm not at all advocating that we need to be as terse and quick and just everything bullet pointed as possible. Yes. But it is more of like you're saying, it's more of just being respectful of everybody else's time to understand. Sure. You don't have 20 minutes to sit down and read this email and try to pull out the important parts on it. There are ways to make it easier all the way around. And I think we can all go forward with our next charge and steps and actions much clearer than what probably comes out of these long misguided communication efforts is a lot more confusion and redundancy and everything else. Yeah. And that, that individual probably saved themselves a ton of time if if they altered just how they document and and how they structure things. That's right. Well, we've tried talking to this individual several times and (laughs) it doesn't resonate. So it resonates. So just be, be, be mindful of the fact that you may have people in your workforce that they won't, everybody else wants them desperately to change their communication style, but it may be a tougher pill for some to, to swallow than others. So yeah, yep, good point. Good. Okay. So stakeholder preference, template feedback. I got the four. Looks like I ended up with about 21, 22 points or so. That's yeah, a record, actually, right? That's a record. Yeah, actually the record was 21 and a half. I figured so. so. Yeah. So I just so. knocked out the record. You just barely did. It was with that double point word, you know, kind of constructive criticism there together. So excellent job. People will be talking about that round for for months to come, I believe. So I think there's I think there's a documentary and a history lesson coming on that one. So that was that was impressive. If I do say so myself. Yes, you just did. So, (laughs) Well, Ed, as always, we really enjoyed the conversation. This is all about simplifying communications in the workforce and how that can then roll out to helping improve customer service for your clients, customers, partners, and everybody else. Ed is with Customer Service Solutions, where you can learn more about him at cssamerica.com. There's blog posts. You can follow him on Twitter and LinkedIn and other places. Uh, Newsletter you can sign up for. A lot of great customer service information and learning a little bit more about the services that his company is providing and the kind of clients they're working with right now. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, conducting employee and customer engagement surveys for a variety of organizations, uh, working with leadership development skills, look at working with uh, exit interviews, market perception studies, anywhere where we're trying to get feedback, data, and qualitative and quantitative feedback from a variety of uh, people's clientele. You can learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com. That's T-H-E jacksongroup.com, all spelled out for you. So, Ed, until next time, uh, we'll get back together for Stepping Up Service. I do encourage anybody that has some feedback for us to please feel free to send it to our website at themesh.tv. That's our network that we are a part of. You can send us an email at info at themesh.tv. That's info at T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. TheMesh.tv is our website where you can go and not only check out past episodes of this show, Stepping Up Service, but all of our other shows as well. That's TheMesh.tv. Look for Stepping Up Service and you'll see all the past episodes available for you to listen to, download, and play there. We're on Apple iTunes. We're on uh, uh, Stitcher Radio. We're on Windows Mobile. All these different platforms you can find us on. So just look us up there and feel free to subscribe to the show. That's a good way to make sure that every time we post a new episode, you get a new one downloaded to you automatically without you having to go out and find the information. Again, Ed, we're providing communication solutions for people to make it easy and simple. You want to subscribe to our show, you click a button in iTunes. We will push that show out to you every month without you having to do a thing. Isn't that great? Isn't that what we're trying to teach here, Ed? That, that's it. Yeah. You, you know, you got to walk the talk like this. Absolutely. Say. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Ed, we'll talk to you next time we get together. Everybody okay. else, thanks a lot for listening today. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you at the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh. 
an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.